This is Writers Not Writing, the show where you can get to know your favorite writers and soon-to-be favorite writers by listening to them confess to the ways they procrastinate. Thanks for procrastinating with us. I'm Benjamin Gorman, and the quiet guy behind the glass there is Doug the producer. I write novels and collections of poetry and stuff. Doug tries his best to make me sound better. And each week we have a secret word to listen for. If you catch it, you earn the right to take an extra break at the time of your choosing from whatever is stressing you out. From Not A Pipe Publishing, welcome to Writers Not Writing. Today's secret phrase is Taylor Swift. Welcome, everybody. Uh, it's just me and Doug this week uh, due to a little uh, scheduling uh, challenge for one of our authors, but uh, uh, I'm excited to have you all here. I think it's going to be a really good show anyway. We've got a, a good plan for you. Um, first thing to, that I wanted to share is uh, those of you who are regular listeners may know that a few weeks ago, uh, I asked for your help in coming up with a last name for Doug. Doug is our wonderful producer who does such an excellent job of uh, getting the show together. But uh, one of Doug's challenges, I don't know if it's a challenge, uh, but uh, one of the things that Doug uh, brings to the table is that uh, Doug is fictional. And uh, as a consequence, uh, we're still trying to figure out a little bit more about uh, Doug. And we've got a last name. So uh, after much contemplation and a lot of wonderful suggestions from uh, a whole writer's group that, uh, that uh, one of our Previous guest Karen Eisenbray is involved in um, looking over all the various uh, uh, folks who we've had on the show and, and thinking about that. Um, Doug and I discussed it and we came upon the name Caldwell. And that is no relation to Gianclos Caldwell, who was a guest on the show. They're, they're not related. Uh, but Caldwell is a great last name uh, for Doug because that way Doug uh, you know, can send out emails it, it is not a name that sounds particularly unbelievable or unusual. Uh, at the same time, it is not the most common name. Uh, and it, it goes back to uh, the British and literally means cold well. Uh, so there's not like some, uh, you know, a, a particular unusual, uh, strange meaning there besides uh, what, what is what is it seems very straightforward and believable. So uh, Doug Caldwell um was going to produce the show, and he and I are our only guests for today. And we are both dressed up in costume, of course, as uh, we always do for this show. Um, in this particular case, uh, my costume is a consequence of a shopping trip yesterday. Um, I was going shopping with my fiance, Crystal, and she uh, was looking for soft blankets uh, and found them it was a successful venture but while we were out she also found these deals on sweaters and uh so she found this sweater for me and uh i i was like hmm, i you know i, I like it and I, I i'm discovering late in life the value of wearing soft things so i'm wearing more sweaters now uh thanks to crystal and uh picked this one up and then i got in line with her and i said you know, come to think of it, like this sweater kind of, especially if I'm wearing the the, the wool coat over it, uh, is the same costume that Chris Evans wore in uh, the the movie Knives Out, and she was like, "Yeah, I I am I I I'm well aware that when when I saw that 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 was not uh, unbeknownst to me." So uh, apparently, I am cosplaying as uh, Chris Evans and. Uh, 
Crystal is a a big giant Chris Evans fan. So, uh, yeah, no no accident that she is dressing me as Chris Evans. Um, but it's a very comfy sweater. So uh, I'll go for the uh, the the comfy sweater uh, look, and then uh, Doug is wearing the same costume that Benoit Blanc, the uh, the the detective in uh, Knives Out War, uh, which is a white shirt, and then his sleeves rolled up, and then his tie tucked into his shirt. Uh, in this uh, pretty hilarious way, great character uh, uh, Benoit Blanc. Um, so, uh, and and you're and you're you're absolutely rocking it, Doug. That that is, it looks like you're going to uh, start speaking in a you know Cajun accent and uh, various malapropisms and solve a you know murder mystery at any moment. So, um, nicely done there. Uh, so, Doug and I were discussing what we would do for the show today since our guest couldn't make it, and we are getting into the season of um you know greed and uh venality that is the, the the predecessor to uh christmas we are nearly to black friday uh and uh many of you will be gathering with your loved ones on thanksgiving to uh discuss all things uh you know uh, family and all the not discuss all the things that you don't want to discuss with family and one of the ways that you sometimes can postpone those uh, or, or uh, prevent those uncomfortable conversations with family is to talk about Black Friday. Uh, this is what uh, Madison Avenue has provided us as an out on Thanksgiving. What are the things that we are wanting for Christmas? Uh, uh, which uh, Christmas, as many of you know, is largely a construction of Madison Avenue as well, uh, at least uh, in the United States. So uh, we have Black Friday to look forward to. And that means we have to come up with our Christmas lists. And I am really bad at this. Uh, I am very, very hard to shop for because for one thing, as, as a writer, uh, and again, not to get into process, this is a show about procrastination, but writers need very few things. Once we have our uh, you know, computer, uh, some writers write on notebooks. I'm not particularly a big notebook user. Uh, I tend to compose on the computer itself. Um, uh, you know, some some poets I know are really into fancy pens and stationery and that kind of thing. And those are great gift items for for their loved ones uh, to think about for them. But for me, there's not a lot of writery things uh, that anyone can give me uh, that will that will, you know, help with my day to day writing. Uh, what I really need is time. <laughs> and if somebody can figure out how to manage that, that'd be wonderful. Uh, so I really struggle when somebody says, what do you want for Christmas this year? I'm like, I don't know. I don't really need anything. Um, and, and yet people think of great things anyway, but this year I was trying to, to think of something that would be a, a good gift for me as a writer. Um, and I thought I would share my Christmas list and some ideas for things for others as well. And then maybe because of the show, because of the tens of you who are listening, um, maybe somebody out there has a connection and can make some of these happen. And that would be fun uh, to, to actually have some of these uh, either, you know, to, to receive them, of course, would be really cool. But even some of the ones that are for others, I thought would be really fun. So I'm going to share my Christmas list and Doug's Christmas list. Crystal had a couple ideas that she wanted to add. So we've got some ideas of my fiance's as well. 
So this is what we would like for Christmas. Um, the first one's super practical, uh, and this is what I asked for last year as well. Uh, I want a membership to the Science Fiction and Fantasy Writers Association, the, a, a CIFWA membership. Um, this is a, a very uh, easy thing to ask for. Uh, you have to qualify by by selling a, a certain number of books, and I, no problem. You've got you know, I I, I qualify. I've, I've sold enough science fiction and fantasy uh, titles to to become a CIF, full CIFWA member. Um, but humble brag. <laughs> it's a small number. It's not really a big uh, humble brag. But uh, I, I would like to be a member of that organization. Uh, but uh, one of the things we learned last year is that uh, it, it is easy to ask for that and is easy for somebody to say, yes, I would love to get that for you for Christmas. But there's paperwork you have to fill out. And so if you don't uh, fill out the paperwork uh, in conjunction with the person, which kind of ruins the surprise, then that's not going to be the gift you receive. So I, I think I'm going to have to actually uh, help somebody out with uh, becoming a CIFWA member. But Here's where you all can help. Uh, if I get my CIFWA membership, I would really love a Nebula Award, which is one of the awards that is given out by the Science Fiction and Fantasy Association. So if any of you uh, for Christmas want to nominate my any of my books for uh, 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 Nebula, that would be very, very cool. I would appreciate it. Um, I've mentioned on the show before, I would like more music for the show. We have uh, our, our intro music and we have the music that we use during the um, the commercial break and it would be cool for doug to have more to choose from uh and more to run during some other sequences last week uh when dan was on uh doug added a little foley work we had uh, we had some applause uh, but uh, i would like to have some songs by some other artists and and you know the whole point of the show is to promote authors and poets and i would like to be promoting uh musicians as well so if you are in a band you know somebody who makes music uh that would be cool to have some more music to to contribute to the show uh also art i would love to have more fan art of my own works of the works by other not a pipe publishing uh artists uh this last a couple weeks ago when i had my book launch uh we had some amazing fan art from Michaela Thorne, uh, who's a really talented uh, artist. Some of you can see some of her prints uh, for sale on the Not A Pipe Publishing store. She's really does really cool stuff. Uh, and uh, and it just got me thinking that I would love more of that. So if you are an artist or you know an artist, fan art is a really cool thing for uh, authors to receive. So that would be that would be great. So either fan art of mine or uh, of, of my characters, you know, uh, the, the scenes in my books or the other authors from Not A Pipe Publishing that would just make their make their year. Um, Doug uh, Caldwell, our pro producer, Doug, uh, has said he could use some help producing this show. And so if you know a producer, uh, somebody who uh, wants to you know get involved in that, that would be really cool to have somebody else who could give Doug a break occasionally and uh, assist in the production of the show. Uh, it's not uh, an overwhelming amount of work. We're not talking about a, you know, a, a full-time gig or anything, but if somebody's got that kind of uh, skill and wants to also contribute to, you know, reaching out and building the show, huh, that would be great. So if you know any uh, audio producers, video producers, somebody who'd like to be involved in the show in that way, that would be really cool. Uh, Crystal also suggests I should get a pet raven. Um, and I think a raven would be cool, but a murder of crows would be cooler. Uh, I don't know that I would need to keep them in any kind of contained way and, you know, an aviary or something. But if you have any suggestions about how I could acquire a murder of crows who hangs out around my house 
you know, um, and and you know, could could be my friends. That would be real. I would like that. Um, the other thing I asked for last year and and didn't get because I didn't get the the right paperwork to the right people. Uh, I would like to get a lifetime uh, membership or to uh, OEA retired. So this is the Oregon Education Association is my union, and uh, you can be a member even after you retire uh, as as a teacher. In fact, that's a really good idea to uh, maintain your membership and maintain your connection with uh, other educators and continue to support people in the profession. And that's something I would like to do. And it's a steal of a deal because uh, instead of paying your uh, membership fees for the rest of your life, you can get a lifetime membership uh, and you can get it while you're still you know, in the profession. And then as soon as you retire, you're a member of OEA retired forever. So smart. So that's, that's one of the things I would like for uh, my, my Christmas gift. Uh, Crystal had a couple others. Um, she would like the ability to talk to animals. I'm not sure if that's something uh, any of you, like if there is like a, you know, babble for that or something. But if any of you know a way, classes, um, you know, uh, if you know a, a magician or a witch, somebody who could could provide that, Crystal would appreciate it. She also would like a padded room, but she wants to be clear what she means by padded room. She does not mean uh, something institutional. She does not like the idea of a straitjacket. Um, she doesn't even like uh, those um, cool weighted blankets because she gets really hot at night and they, she says they just, you feel really hot and then it wakes her up to toss them off. But she would like a room where they're all kind of, what she means by padded room, uh, she would like a room where there are all kinds of textures that she likes. So a ton of blankets, hence our, our, our shopping trip yesterday, uh, you know, big soft blankets, but she also would like, like on the wall, you ever seen those t-shirts where if you if you rub your hand down them in one direction uh all the little uh round beads flip in one direction it forms one image and then if you rub your hand in the other direction it forms some other image and often people will play with it and it'll have like two messages or whatever um she loves the way those feel and so one wall of those would be really cool um and uh yeah different different textures in her padded room uh, you know, a, 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 maybe a velvet kind of uh, wall uh, and then like a wool wall. So things that are, uh, but it would have to be a, a very certain, very specific softness. She's got a real tactile thing. It's got to be comfortable for her because um, there are some fabrics you should you should see this where she'll touch them and just yank her hand away and go oh no 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 and and she has been teaching me so that i can uh identify these you know there there is a certain kind of softness that is sticky softness it's this very artificial plasticky softness that you find in some uh, uh blankets uh now that are you know mostly made of I don't know what kind of plasticky fabric, uh, and the, the, she just recoils. So uh, finding the right fabric, and then and then the way that the fabric is cut, uh, there are certain lengths that feel soft, and there are certain lengths that feel fuzzy in a positive way, and then there's this in between that she really doesn't like. Uh, and so finding the right kind of fabric um, for her padded room, she would appreciate that. Last week, I had a guest on, Dan McCoy, and um, Dan is a former writer for The Daily Show who, uh, you know, was on this incredibly successful show for many, many years uh, and uh, very successful in that and now finds himself in this position where he's going, and what do I do now? And uh, is looking for work. So if you uh, know somebody who 
writes for a or you know hires the the writers for a successful comedy tv show uh dan could use uh at least a call an interview so we'll reach out to dan uh and then for one of our guests the week before uh kate rista we were t- uh crystal and i were talking about what she would like and uh she's got this great job as the uh the executive director of willamette writers a local writing organization and she's writing and she's you know a, a, a spouse and parent and you know it seems like everything is pretty put together in kate's life but she's just a delightful person and we decided what she really probably would want for christmas is a unicorn so if any of you know of a real full-on uh magical unicorn kate uh, should have one i mean i it just feels right and anybody who knows kate will go yeah kate kate needs a unicorn uh so please uh let her you know uh, consider that when you are doing your black friday shopping uh if you come across the right the right real unicorn uh kate could use one of those for my previous guests i we struggled to think about other previous guests and what they might like so instead i'll i'll put the all call out there to them if they would add what is the thing that they would like for christmas um i would love to hear uh in the comments or you know uh, on social media uh, but, you know, kind of here's a here's an all call kind of shout out. What are the the various things that our previous guests would like for Christmas? That would be really cool to hear. Um, speaking of guests, uh, Crystal and I were also talking about who it would be great to have guests uh, on the show. And um, we came up with a list. This is not in any particular order. Uh, or I shouldn't say it's it's, it's in a haphazard order in the sense that as she was going through and thinking of people she would like me to get to talk with on the show that she'd like to hear on the show uh they were coming in in that order and then often they would remind me and i would think of someone else and i would add them so uh the the first folks she thought of were hank and john green who would be amazing that would be really really fun i've read uh, and thoroughly enjoyed books by both uh, they've had quite a year, uh, Hank overcoming cancer and John transitioning from a particular position in uh, their company and kind of retiring to now go be a full-time author, uh, which is uh, every author's dream to some extent, uh, even though he has had a successful career uh, already, getting to you know go back to writing is cool for him. So uh, that, they would be great to have on and get to talk with them about how they put incredible hours into creating all of their online content how do they still find time to write i would love to hear how they find time to write and what they do when they are procrastinating uh so that would be cool Uh, i would love to have roxanne gay on the show i know that she teaches in addition to her writing uh and puts out a newsletter uh that uh, the audacious roundup that i that i really enjoy but i would love to have her on she would be really fun um fonda lee would be really cool uh i i know that she's got a lot going on in her life too there are these little you know hints about some big developments with uh some of her writing maybe uh coming into some other forms uh but uh, if we could get fonda lee on the show that would be very cool uh nk jemison would be amazing uh i know that she does uh uh you know some teaching as well and uh and and you know her her books are some of my favorites uh i'd love to have her on anthony door marissa mayer uh who wrote the cinder series i would love to have her on rebecca solnit i've i've uh quoted her in a couple of my own works somebody i deeply respect Margaret Atwood, I would love to have Margaret Atwood on. I went and saw uh, her speak uh, once and and that would be 
really cool to get to have a conversation with her. Tanahasi Coates, if any of you know Tanahasi Coates or could reach out, I would love to get to have Tanahasi Coates on the show. He is somebody I uh, deeply admire, and also I think we would just get a kick out of uh i would get a kick out of him anyway he and i have a lot of similar tastes you know comic book nerds and and uh and writing nerds and so i think he would be really fun to talk to uh martha wells uh the Murderbot diary series just seems like somebody who would be a riot i would love to have her on uh john scalzi love his work i love that mixture of uh great action writing and uh humor he's so funny so he would be really fun hugh howie read uh, his uh trilogy this last year and thoroughly enjoyed it patrick rothfuss i know that patrick rothfuss must get very tired of people asking for uh, the next book uh in his series uh and maybe if i like promised him uh with some kind of blood oath that i wouldn't hector him about that maybe he would be willing to be on the show Nettie Okorafor uh, would be cool to have on the show because she just seems like a really cool person, uh, very talented writer and and uh, brilliant and and fun on you know on on the social media as well, um, and uh, she's always got some new thing going on with you know a comic book or a potential for a series or whatever that's that's happening. Her career is very exciting, so uh, I would love to hear uh, what's going on with her. Um, Dolly Parton uh, has uh, written, you know, books as well, but uh, uh, as a songwriter, I'm trying to branch out beyond just novelists uh, and uh, I'm reaching out to, you know, folks who are doing other kind of writing. We've had poets on, we've uh, uh, hopefully lined up some bloggers to have them on soon. And uh, I've had one songwriter on, but I would really enjoy having other songwriters on and the first that came to mind was Dolly Parton. That would be an amazing experience to get to have Dolly Parton on the show. Uh, Barack and Michelle Obama have both written books. I would love to talk with them about what they are doing when they're not writing. Um, they just seem like they would have a lot to say uh, about uh, what's going on in their very busy lives. So if any of you know uh, Barack or Michelle, uh, I would love to have either of them on as guests. Um, uh, I'm not sure who maintains the um, the account for Eve Six, the band Eve Six. It's either uh, Max Collins or uh, John Siebel's, uh, who's uh, tiny. Uh, but uh, that is a band. Uh, Eve Six is a band that I just love to see, and uh, I really admire the songwriting. Um, which uh, you know they they, they would probably be humble about because they make fun of their own work uh, uh you know as as merely 90s pop alternative but the songs are really well constructed and super fun so i would love to have them on the show uh so if if uh, max collins or uh john siebel's uh tiny want to be on the show i would love to get to talk with them and then crystal says i should get taylor swift on the show uh i don't know taylor swift's oeuvre uh, nearly as well as uh, as Crystal or, uh, you know, most humans on the planet appear uh, to, but uh, certainly somebody with a, an admirable songwriting career. Uh, and and the, I, I guess she's been, you know, pretty successful. Uh, so <laughs> I'd love to have Taylor Swift on the show. That would be cool to hear what about what she's doing when she's not writing. Actually, in Taylor Swift's case, I might want to ask about how she finds time to write amongst all the other things that she is doing. So uh, that would be cool. Uh, and uh, Michael Ian Black is somebody that I've seen live, a comedian I've seen live, and uh, read his book, uh, one of his books, and um, he is very funny. And I really enjoy his podcast where he breaks down uh, classic literature 
uh, and uh, in, in the podcast Obscure, uh, because he did Jude the Obscure as the first book. Uh, and uh, so I would love to have him on the show. I think it would be really fun. Uh, the McElroy brothers, of course, I know they have their uh, third, fourth graphic novel coming out. Uh, and uh, Justin's got a book out uh, with uh, with his wife, Sydney, for Sawbones. So they are certainly writers. Uh, and and that they would be really uh, a kick to have on uh, with their dad, Clint. I would love to have the, all, all four of the, uh, the Adventure Zone guys on. So if any of you know uh, the McElroys, have a connection, let them know. It'd be really fun to have on the show. Um, so yeah, th those are the folks that I would like to have as guests. Uh, so if any of you can make those connections, I'd appreciate it. Um, I also have always wanted to have a tower, uh, on my house. My house is not anything special. In fact, uh, it is one of those little houses made of ticky tacky where in driving down my street, I have passed my own house before because they all look the same. And yet my house is built in this valley where if you built a tower that was only three stories uh, on the back of my house, you would have the most amazing view. Uh, and then I could have, you know, uh, kind of garden parties and people could go up onto this uh, this rooftop tower in the backyard. So this is something I have seriously considered. And uh, I know, you know, uh, people think I'm kidding. I'm not. I want to build a tower on the back of my house. So that would be if you know somebody who is in the tower construction business uh, and you would like to contribute to that as a Christmas gift, the tower on the back of my house would be really cool. If on the other hand, uh, you know, we could go bigger. Um, one of my dreams, and I told Crystal about this on our first date and, uh, and you know, it's, it, that is a measure of the, the, the relationship that she didn't decide that I was too absurd and run screaming, but instead really loved this idea. I would love someday to have a castle uh, and I would, uh, you know, modernize the interior of the castle such that it would not be freezing cold uh, in the winter. Uh, you know, some, some nice drywall uh, on the inside of those stone walls uh, with insulation, um, but still, you know, fireplace uh, and uh, you know, all the amenities that would make a castle truly a castle, uh, you know, a murder hole, uh, moat, uh, uh, drawbridge would be really great if it's one that has a drawbridge, um, portcullis, uh, regardless, got to have a portcullis. And, and so if you have a line on a castle uh, that you could give me for Christmas, that would be really cool. And I would turn it into a writer's retreat. I have thought about... Um, dreaming about building one in some other country uh, here in the United States uh, considered building a castle here in the U.S. Um, right now, our political situation is fraught enough. International listeners uh, are probably more aware of this than Americans. Uh, it's hard to sometimes see uh, ourselves, uh, you know, fr from the inside. Uh, but uh, I, I certainly am getting that feeling that uh, it might be time to to hightail it, uh, or at least not construct a castle here and, and be bound to it. Uh, uh, because, you know, it, it, it's not for realistic defense uh, against a, a, a fascist government. So uh, if, uh, you know, Scotland, Ireland, uh, seem like places where I might find 
a castle or you might find a castle for me. That would be really great. Uh, if I were to be constructing one, uh, I might think about New Zealand. New Zealand sounds really nice. Um, and, you know, weather is uh, certainly a factor as well. Chile, I'm not sure what their political situation is right now, but uh, Chile has got the kind of weather I like, very green, hilly. Uh, uh, the, the challenge with Chile is I can't call it Chile. Um, I, that just sounds wrong to my ear. It kind of drives me crazy um, as, as uh, a Spanish speaker um, to and, and Crystal can't stand it when I pronounce things in Spanish um, correctly while speaking English. That irritates her. So if we lived in Chile, I think it would uh, it would bug her. Uh, and, and she said, yeah, you know, that, that one would uh, bother her. Not as much as when I roll my R's. That one really drives her nuts. Uh, every time she gets a churro, I'm like, yeah, it's a churro. And she's like, no, it's a churro. And I'm like, ah, and then she's like, ah, you know, so, uh, so yeah, I don't think that, uh, that a Spanish speaking country, um, she would just have to get over it if we were to move to like Chile. But I think that that would be a place with very similar weather to the Pacific Northwest. It's mountainous, it's rainy, uh, beautiful. Um, so yeah, maybe Peru, but uh, but probably Chile. I think that would be really cool. So maybe I could build a, if, if you could build me a castle in either of those places, uh, that would be really appreciated. Um, if we're going big, I've always thought uh, it, it is a wonderful idea for a venture uh, to build a space elevator. And if folks don't know what a space elevator is, this is an idea that came about via science fiction, uh, as, as many of these ideas do, and yet is something that is being realistically considered. It is basically a, a, a cable or series of cables that are connected to a satellite in geosynchronous orbit um, in a fixed orbit. Uh, and you'd want to place this, I'd probably want to place the base of it on an island so that if there were ever a disaster, if it fell, nobody would have to worry about the cable, you know, destroying cities or anything. This would be a lot of weight. Uh, but you you connect the cable to the Earth and to this satellite, and you power the satellite with solar power so that it is continuously projecting, uh, you know, the, uh, the necessary force to keep itself in its position uh, and keep that cable taut. And then you use that cable to raise and lower materials. And we have not, my understanding, and I'm not an engineer, is that we don't have the materials to build the cable strong enough and light enough uh, presently, um, nor do we have the systems to get things up and down that cable. But there are people working on it. Uh, and in fact, some of the most interesting work is realizing we wouldn't need rocket powered anything. You uh, you could actually build robots and they're modeled after one of the things I was reading. Don't know if this is, you know, where the work is on this, but uh, one of the things I was reading is that the, the, the robots are modeled on essentially great apes and they, like an ape, climb like this, uh, you know, one arm over the other, uh, uh, pinching onto the cable and they climb the cable and it takes far less energy, less waste than shooting a rocket into space every time you need to get a load up into space. And I think the way I would fund this whole thing, um, if you can provide the startup uh, for my Christmas present, is I would make the the place that is the satellite in space a hotel for the the extremely, you know, 
wealthy and they can go and they can have their, hey, I'm going to go up to space for a few days. They don't have to get into a rocket ship. They don't have to get themselves incredibly sick uh, experiencing those Gs. There's a very slow trip up this cable. And then they get to hang out in zero G at this uh, very fancy hotel with all the amenities. Uh, but the the benefit for the wider world is that then becomes the dock, the launching off point for governments to rent the ability to carry these huge amounts of weight into space where now they don't weigh anything and you can build your ships that will then go to uh, the asteroid belt or Mars or Titan or Io or whatever. Uh, and so uh, I think uh, Space Elevator is in our future. And uh, I think whoever has that uh, and that that means to get things uh, up and out uh, is going to be very successful. Uh, and I would love that. So if you would like to give me a Space Elevator for Christmas, I would appreciate it. Uh, I understand that may take some years. So you could get me like a little uh, just a piece of paper and write on it like IOU one space elevator. And that would still be a very nice gift. You don't have to actually complete the construction by Christmas. I think that that, that would, that's absurd. Nobody's going to do that. Um, but, but, you know, like a, a nice card uh, promising me a space elevator, I think would be really cool. Um, as an author, I, I would like a million readers uh, of my books. Uh, and I don't think that that's excessive. Um, you know, there are what, 350 million people in the United States. So this would be one out of every 350 people you meet has has read one of my books. That would be fine with me. Like I, I really don't need everyone to have read my books. Uh, but if uh, one out of every uh, 350 people uh, in the United States uh, would pick up just one uh, of my of my books uh whether it's uh you know i've, I've written sci-fi i've written contemporary fantasy uh some religious satire a couple books of poetry uh so whatever folks are into but if uh, one out of every 350 people would read one of those um the point of writing and publishing is to be read right this is not just an exercise for my mental health not that there's anything wrong with that i don't knock folks who write for themselves but if I, I am writing to be read by others, right? Uh, I would love to be able to engage in conversation. And uh, I do think there is a benefit to having a much larger number of readers, not just, you know, so that you're you're paying the bills kind of, kind of you know, uh, this is not purely venal. It's so that there would be more people with whom to engage in those conversations. Uh, the, the, you know, the, the books are about sharing ideas, sharing stories, sharing characters, and then to be able to talk with people about who did you identify with? And, and you know, how does that connect with your life, even though these circumstances that these characters in are so outside of our universe? Uh, I, I just think there'd be a lot of joy in getting to talk with lots of readers. So if you could uh, do uh, your, your part to just wrangle a million people, that would be really cool. Uh, and, you know, anybody outside of the United States is a bonus like that. That'd be wonderful. I mean, I, I would I'll take a million readers in any country. Um, in fact, if there's a million readers in a country that's much smaller, uh, and therefore that million is a, a higher percentage of the population, I'm absolutely comfortable moving there, traveling there, you know, uh, uh, whatever is required of the, the those million people. They, they, they become the people for whom I write, right? So uh, I, I'll go where the, the fans are. But yeah, if you know a million folks who'd be willing to read my books, I, I would really like that. Another thing that authors often want is uh, for their works to be converted into another medium. 
And, you know, the most common is, oh, I'd like to have this book of mine made into a movie. And I think that, uh, uh, like, my first novel, The Sum of Our Gods, would make a really good movie. Uh, Corporate High School would make a really good movie. Um, the Digital Storm, I've always thought, would be really good as a film-length story, right? It would take two hours to tell it, but it would work really well computer animated because it is uh, all set in this digital environment uh, where, uh, you know, many of the characters are uh, uh, artificial intelligence programs uh, interacting. Uh, and so I think that would be really cool, uh, be fun, might be a little less expensive than trying to build the sets of a fake world um, where things don't operate by our, our, our you know, laws of physics. Uh, so a computer animated version of the digital storm would be fun. I do think my current series would work better as a series uh, on, you know, on some streaming service rather than uh, as a film. Uh, the, uh, the the Convention of Fiends is the name of the series and, and the first book, don't read this book. It's a, it's a tome, you know, it's 100 uh, 30k uh, words it's 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 a, it's a big book uh, and covers a lot of ground uh, you might be able to pull it off in a you know a kind of epic three-hour film kind of a thing but it's it's a little more intimate in its feel than that a lot of the scenes are just you know a couple of people having a conversation uh, you, you've got some action set pieces where people are you know running away from another kind of monster or or whatever uh, but a lot of it is, you know, this monster betraying this group. And um, uh, and so I think it would work really well as kind of a Game of Thrones-esque series. Um, and, uh, and you know, the, I'm, I'm in the throes of writing the third one right now. And there are a lot of scenes that would be really fun to see on screen. Um, so if you know anybody who works for uh, Apple... Uh, in their entertainment division or Amazon. I know I've got very mixed feelings about Amazon myself. Some of you are groaning right away. But uh, the the thing about the streaming services from like Apple or Amazon, they might not have the 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 focus of uh, like uh, Netflix uh, in terms of you know we're we're here to bring shows to market uh, because they've got you know Apple products uh, to push and uh, they've got uh, Amazon's got this you know, a global empire and world domination plans to enact. But it means that they've got, you know, more money than God. And so when they are, when they do decide they're going to make some kind of tentpole piece, uh, they do really high quality work uh, on those. I've been really impressed with Foundation and with the, the Lord of the Rings series on Amazon. Uh, and so that would be cool to see, you know, the really high production values and the, the excellent acting and stuff that they, that they managed to wrangle. Um, I'm leery of uh, HBO Discovery, Warner Discovery uh, right now. Uh, I don't know if any of you heard about this, but Dan uh, McCoy mentioned it on last week's show and got me to do a little research. And they had a full-on movie in the can, done, polished, ready to go, Coyote versus Acme, something like that. And, uh, and they shelved it so that the larger corporation could save some money on taxes. Uh, and it does make me a little nervous uh, for writers out there in general for artists for actors uh that a company would say yes you know we're going to make an entire film and then go no you know we talked it over with the accountants and we do a little better if nobody ever sees this thing we declare it as a loss like that's a that's a scary world for artists a lot of people put a lot of time and energy and and talent into creating a thing 
And then, uh, you know, one talented accountant uh, convinced one absolute talentless hack of a CEO that uh, the, the better bottom line was to eliminate the product itself rather than produce the product and bring it to market. Uh, and that's a shame. So uh, that does make me leery of, you know, Apple, Amazon uh, productions as well. Are, are we going to see that as uh, something going forward? Well, they'll go, that's a good idea. Let's make things and then not give them to people and declare them as losses to balance things out and, uh, and, 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 you know, not actually make movies. Uh, you know, we'll, we'll become like the, um, uh, you know, tobacco farmers who are paid by the government to not grow tobacco. Um, I would hate to have a situation where our media uh, is composed of folks not making art uh, in, in exchange for tax subsidies. So, you know, if you know somebody from uh, HBO uh, Discovery who would like to pick up one of my books and turn it into a film, it's my first film, uh, you know, uh, whatever, that would be very, very cool. But uh, I would be nervous the whole time that at the end of the project they would just say nah nah, 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 nah we save some money on taxes by not putting this out into the world but you know um next thing on our on, on my list is not for me personally um doug so uh doug is uh uh you know a, a, a far more manly man than I. I drive a honda right i'm wearing a soft sweater uh uh, uh doug is a trans man who is uh you know a far more cliche straight man than I am. Uh, and, uh, and so Doug wants a truck and uh, Doug wants a, he's fine with it being a nice shiny new truck, which I, I don't even know this about trucks, but apparently they are very, very expensive right now. Um, and so he wants a nice uh, truck, but he wants a truck he can beat the hell out of. Uh, Doug is the kind of person where you call him up I mean, this is kind of the difference between Doug and I. You call us up and say, hey, I need help moving. Both of us say yes. I say, but I do want pizza. Doug's like, you're providing beer. And Doug brings a truck, right? So Doug wants that truck. He wants the truck he can uh, beat the hell out of while helping people move. Uh, he's the kind of person people call because they need to borrow a truck and he actually shows up, right? Um, hence the kind of person who's helping me produce a show out of the goodness of his heart. Uh, thank you, Doug. Um, and so uh, Doug would love to uh, to have a, a nice truck. So if you want to get Doug a real wonderful gift, a big, shiny new truck that will not stay shiny, right? Doug will actually use it. Uh, he would appreciate that. So see, yeah, we got that in there for you, Doug. Um, uh, and then another thing Doug and I were talking about, we would both like bit parts in um, Star Wars shows. And uh, the if they make a, a third Dune film, we've really enjoyed the first one, uh, and we are very excited about the second. And uh, we were looking at the guest list for um, Fan Expo and Rose City Comic Con. We go to those every year, and you know you, you get your biggest name folks. But when folks are in Star Wars, uh, when they're in these you know, amazing science fiction works too. I was, you know, Dune 3, I think is that Dune series is going to be something very similar. Uh, you can then do the circuit and do signatures, even if you did not play the lead. And, and neither Doug nor I are going to carry something. Like we understand we're not going to be, you know, cast as the lead uh, in, in anything. 
Um, but we can play a bit part totally. I mean, not look at the camera and say our lines, right? Uh, and uh, and and so if there's a director out there who's working on the next Star Wars TV show for Disney Plus or Marvel show um, or especially Dune Three, um, that would be really cool for us. We would love to have some parts in those. Uh, and the reason we would like to get in on that circuit is then you're you know you're 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 signing, and uh, at at these cons. And you go back to the green room and there's like Mark Hamill, uh, you know, a, a Vincent D'Onofrio is going to be at uh, at Fan Expo Portland. Like, I would love an opportunity to get to meet those folks um, just because, hey, I'm, I'm, I'm here signing too, right? Uh, and I don't know to what extent those folks all interact in the background, but uh, I, I, I presume they can say hello to one another uh, in the green room. So yeah, get me into those green rooms at those cons. Uh, plus, I just love those cons. They're a ton of fun. Um uh, let's see. Um, reviews. So reviews are something that make a big difference to authors. And I've talked about this on the show before. Uh, but, you know, I would love to have more reviews of my books, reviews of the books for all the various authors we have on the show. If you've got a few minutes to just hop on there and go click and then write, this was really great. You know, uh, that that really does help, um, whether that's on Goodreads or Amazon or wherever people are buying their books, your local bookstore, if they have a review section, um, that can make just as big of a difference. It seems like it's smaller, right? Because it's the local independent bookstore, but that local independent bookstore, if they have a review section, people will take those reviews maybe more seriously than some rando that they didn't know. So who knows, right? It, it, it could make a difference. So um, do that. And and then if you could review this show, um, there's, there's somebody out there, two people, this is very annoying. There's two very annoying people who always uh, thumbs down every episode of this show. And so what it means is like, no matter what, you know, five people like it, and the two people down, and then it's like you know, the the algorithm uh, gods say, "Oh yeah, not you know a lot of people don't like this show," um, which is incredibly annoying. And I, uh, you know, I it, it also boggles my mind. Like, who is the person taking the time to regularly come back to a show they don't like to inform the world that they don't like it? Um, this is somebody who has some weird uh, uh, vendetta going on. Um, and it, I, we know nothing about why. Uh, you know, these could be people who don't like Doug. Uh, they could be people who don't like me. I Because it is two every time, at least we know they're not people who dislike our guests, which is great uh, because I would hate for anybody to be downvoting a show where we're just getting to know writers, right? Why? <laughs> Why would you go, I don't like this person? Uh, but somebody out there is uh, in uh, uh, this show uh, regularly. So if you would counterbalance that uh, by clicking that little thumbs up, that would be really great. Uh, but beyond that, I would love it if you would write some reviews uh, wherever you listen to the show, watch the show. Uh, and if I and let me know, because if I'm unaware of it, because it's on some uh, podcasting uh, hosting app that I don't know about, um, I would love to start reading some of those. So if you do those on like Apple uh, or uh, YouTube, I'm more likely to be aware of them. Um, but here's something I think would be fun as, a, as kind of a section in the show. I'd love to have some reviews to share. Uh, and if you know about this phenomena, there was a an incident where people on Amazon were writing reviews for a t-shirt and the t-shirt was three wolves howling at the moon and all these folks were hopping on there and writing these just fantastic amazing hilarious reviews about how this t-shirt 
they purchased this t-shirt and it changed their lives. So what I'm asking you to do is write uh, Three Wolves Howling at the Moon style reviews for the guests on this show. And so if you would hop on and say to any one of the shows we've had previously in the archives uh, or, you know, or any of our future shows and say, getting to know this particular author changed my life in the following absurd hyperbolic way, right? That would just be amazing. And then I will read that on the, uh, a future show. Uh, that, would, that would be really wonderful. So I'd love some of those reviews to share. Let folks know how the previous guests I've had on the show have, have you know, completely changed your life. That would be really cool. I'm Karen Eisenbray, and I wear a lot of hats. Wife, mother, church lady, writer, editor, punk rock drummer. I gave all my hats to Barbara, the main character of The Gospel According to St. Rage and Barbara and the Rage Brigade. Barbara isn't your typical high school junior. She's been invisible since the third grade but when a magic hat brings her back into the light, Barbara is ready to take on the world. First priority, start an all-girl garage band. Miraculous superpowers were never in her plan, but sometimes you get what you need. Bullies and school shooters don't stand a chance. Truth, justice, rock and roll. Um... So uh, I think that's brings us to our final thing that I want to ask for, uh, and this feels obligatory, but I th I think it's it's worth revisiting every holiday season. Um, we're supposed to ask for uh, peace on earth and goodwill to men, right? We'll move beyond the sexism there uh, to uh, peace on earth and goodwill to humankind, um, and uh, I, I am skeptical of asking for this one not only because it sounds like uh uh you know beauty pageant question answer but because um i've lived through a lot of christmases uh and i'm highly skeptical that the people who say this is something they want really do um you know the 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 very people who will celebrate a Christmas service and say they want uh, uh, peace on earth, goodwill toward men will turn around and often uh, advocate for violence and uh, general shittiness towards people. Um, and that's, that is something that is uh, hard to watch. So I would love to be proven wrong this year. I really would. I would like everybody who celebrates Christmas, uh, whatever that may mean to you, uh, to incorporate into, you know, the hanging those Christmas decorations and killing a tree to put it inside your house, which don't get me started. Um, but uh, if you kill a tree and put it inside your house and put decorations on it, and if you, uh, you know, hang garlands and, and, you know, do all the Christmas stuff, please, please, please take the idea of peace on earth and goodwill toward humankind a little bit more seriously. I would love that. Uh, I would love uh, a ceasefire in Gaza, a ceasefire in Sudan, where there is now a, uh, a horrific war going on. I don't know the, the nature of the, uh, the, the, the celebrations of holidays in uh, all, all the various parts of the world where there are currently conflicts, but I know that 
many of the people in uh, Russia uh, celebrate Christmas, although Russian Orthodox, they celebrate it at a different day. But still, um, if part of the um, holiday for you uh, is peace on earth and goodwill toward your fellow people, then please end your empire building and uh, end the invasion of Ukraine. Um, you know, the, the, the skirmishes currently on the, the borders between uh, India and China, I don't know to the extent to which uh, Christmas has, you know, become this kind of secular holiday celebrated worldwide. But if there are people in China and India who are motivated to celebrate a holiday that uh, has been foisted upon them by colonialism uh, and, uh, and, and capitalism, perhaps uh, they could also adopt a concern for peace on earth uh, and goodwill toward men. Uh, if, if, you know, people who uh, are, are uh, you know, living in China and recognizing the, the, the huge financial benefits of uh, Christmas sales could also uh, consider not invading Taiwan. Uh, that would be really uh, wonderful. So um, I would love to have peace on earth and goodwill towards our fellow humans be uh, something that that people took seriously. That 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 is, despite my own skepticism, it's on my list. It's something I would like. Um, last thing, and this is at the, we, at the end of each show, we give some advice. Uh, and so this is my advice to all of you. This is the gift that I would like you to give yourself. I want to encourage you to give yourself. And this is Crystal's idea, and I, I give her credit. Um, build a blanket nest. And what this is, is you get a whole bunch of blankets together on your bed, on the floor in your living room, whatever. And you create this nest of warmth and comfort. And then you make a real conscious choice of what you're going to allow into that nest and what you're going to keep on the outside. And inside that nest of comfort and warmth, you bring a book. You maybe bring a loved one, right? It could, could be a, a, a delightful, you know, not necessarily spicy, but uh, a romantic and a deep and lasting uh, sense of, of romance uh, time to, to just spend together in that blanket nest. Um, you bring a, a beverage that brings you comfort. Maybe you like coffee. I'm not a coffee person. I'm not an eggnog person, but maybe you like eggnog. Maybe that is a comfort beverage for you. Love hot chocolate. Hot chocolate's a winner for me. Uh, hot cider. Uh, hot cider's, uh, uh feels very Christmassy to me. Um, pets, certainly allowed. You know, they are allowed in the blanket fort. Uh, bring your cat, bring your dog into the blanket fort with you while you read a book. Don't bring in things that kind of compromise the sanctity of that comfort. Don't bring your phone. Don't have the TV on across the room. Uh, anything that's going to connect you to work, anything that's going to have an advertisement in it, that's the, the point of an advertisement is to compel you towards some action, right? Go buy this, go do this, right? Don't let that into your blanket fort, right? This blanket fort is about hiding, right? Set aside some time to be in that nest of comfort and don't let anything else from the outside world in even this podcast, right? Even, even, you know, even, even, even a guy wearing a Chris Evans sweater, like, no, sorry, Chris Evans sweater out because you are not in this blanket of comfort, right? And uh, build your, build your blanket fort, uh, defend your blanket fort 
and enjoy some time, perhaps after Thanksgiving, perhaps uh, uh, during your, your holiday season in that space of comfort and warmth and joy. That's what I would most wish for you for this holiday season. That's that's uh, the, the thing that I would love to have you receive on my Christmas list. Thank you very much for joining us here on the show. Thanks to Doug for putting it all together, and we will see you with a different guest next week. If I take my time